thank you for joining episode three of The Confident Bitch. I am one of your hosts, Jen. And I'm Diamond. And today we are here to discuss with you how to not let a negative moment or bad thoughts ruin your entire day. And just as we always do, a quick reminder and disclaimer that neither Diamond or I have any type of psychology background. We're simply speaking from life experience and things I've learned through my years in therapy. Well, listen, let's jump right into it, Jen. How do you allow one negative thought, one negative moment affect your day? Or do you not? It's definitely something I'm working on. Like, I've gotten better where I can, like, catch myself at some point through the day being like, well, you are spiraling out of control and you need to calm down. And I usually notice it because my jawline starts to tighten up. I guess, like, I feel this pain here and I'm just like, okay. Release your job, release your job, release your job, breathe. And then I try to write things down or call the right support system because I love my dad and I love my husband, but sometimes they are not the right person to go to to remind me that this is not the end of the world. Let's see how this is actually going to affect your life. But I honestly think writing things down and reading it back to myself helps a lot because it helps me realize that Maybe that just wasn't right, the right course for me at that point in time. I might understand right now why it's not working out, but I do think that everything happens for a reason. Of course, per usual, Jen and I have not discussed any of our five questions with one another. So number one, Jen, how valuable do you find life to be? I find life to be extremely valuable. And when I stop back to think about my childhood, and so many of the different experiences I've been through, that's what encourages me to keep on going because I survived way too much to let whatever scenario completely tear me down and bring me fall and then I fall apart. Well, let's let's go back and let's think about it for a little bit. Every time in your day you go to complain about one more thing, are you actually valuing your life or are you sick and tired of it? That is a great question because I've noticed that a lot. And Diamond and I started a challenge a few days ago where we're focused on positive thoughts. And it has made a huge difference in my life by not allowing that negativity to sneak into my brain. Because then I'm losing a whole portion of my life there, freaking out over something that I can't control. What about you? So I find my life to be valuable, but I also have to catch myself where I'm wrong. And I complain. I'm not going to stand there and lie to you guys that I absolutely complain about shit every day. And so now the second question that was, do I actually really find life to be valuable? Because I can find things to complain about. I do find my life to be valuable, but then I can also say that sometimes instead of counting my blessings and what is going right, I am complaining. And I will allow, it, there could be five things going right and that one negative thing can ruin the gratefulness about the five other things that are going right. So it's almost like it goes back to one rotten apple can spoil all the other good apples in the bucket. That's how life tends to be for me. And that's something that I am working so hard because most importantly, I'm aware of it. And now that I'm aware of it, I can catch myself 
in our challenge that you mentioned that we are going through, and which we'll explain a little bit later on in the podcast, it has just helped me. I mean, on day one of our challenge, I saw a shift. That's awesome. I did too. I just didn't let myself freak out over things that I normally would. So it did make that day a lot more relaxing. So Diane, my first question is to you. How can you tell if you're spiraling from a bad moment or something negative that's happened to ruin your day? I always get a migraine. I mean, it's not just a headache. There's a difference between a headache and a migraine. Sometimes the migraines are so bad because the negativity will hit me as soon as I wake up and I look at an email or I look at something before I even eat. It's like, I need an Advil. I need an Advil. So to challenge myself, I'm just hitting the Advil. So they're never anywhere that's convenient for me to grab at when I need it right then and there. But when I feel that pressure and that tension, I know that, okay, I'm getting ready to start just spending my entire day playing over and over the negativity of what just happened as opposed to just being like, okay, that's just a moment and I have the rest of the day for something good to happen. And I think that I sometimes, honestly, I think that I prevent something good from coming and happening because I'm so focused on the negativity that I'm not focused on the good. Yes, I definitely can agree. I think I I allow that to happen to myself too. I also notice that I get shoulder pain. It just feels like I desperately need a massage and my shoulders are in so much pain. My jawline is killing me. And that's usually a very good indication that I'm stressed out and need to calm down. Right. Because it's not worth me feeling like this because then I end up feeling worse by the end of the day because now I physically feel sick. And I'm like, okay, you've got to nip this in the butt. All right. Number two, money is most of the time the root of the problem. So the saying is money buys happiness. How much money do you feel you need in order to be happy? I don't know if I can answer it in terms of a dollar amount. Basically, my thing is can I split myself whenever I want to split myself? If I go to Chipotle, adding guac is not going to stress me out because my yeah. money is in my account. As long as I know that I have the ability to prioritize my comfort a little bit. I know that makes me a lot privileged, but that's what keeps me going. It helps me to understand that I can maintain that level. And I think it's just for me as a protective manner for me, because I don't want someone else to always be able to provide that for me. Like I like knowing that it's something I can do for myself. Money for me, how much do I think I need in order to be happy? I think I'm right there with you. I think that I don't know dollar-wise how much I need to be happy because I can say, oh, millions will make me happy, but more money, more problems. I don't know that that will make me happy. But to your point, just enough to be, to have that security, to feel like, like you said, (laughs) added cheese isn't going to make me stress out like, damn, another 67 cents? (laughs) Like, is it going to make me stress out? I just want to be able to have options. I don't want to have to pick or choose. I I feel the same. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what do you tell yourself to force yourself out of the negative mindset that you're in? I tell myself that if I negative, then I'm going to block the blessing that's right around the corner the breakthrough that I've been needing because I'm being ungrateful 
to the universe. I'm being ungrateful to God. I don't want to be punished by not exuding a gratitude of an attitude. I just try to quickly replace it like, okay, this is not good, but you know what? A setback is a setup for a comeback. And my comeback is like right around the corner. So just yeah, no, I like that a lot. And I'm kind of similar to that too. I try to take advantage of like the small wins that happen every day so I can pay more attention to that as opposed to the negative things going on in my mind. But when it starts to get really bad, my therapist told me I need to start talking to myself like I would talk to my best friend. So if my best friend came with me to, with all the complaints that she was that I was having that day, how would I respond to her? And obviously to someone else, you're not going to bring them down. You're going to try to get them to understand that this is not the end of the this is not the end of the world. Like everything will work itself out. Just be patient and believe in yourself. Have some confidence. I agree. Okay, so let's get into our number three. Going back to we've been doing this challenge where we must hurry up and replace something negative that happens in our day with something positive before the negative sinks in. We have to start from the time we wake up until 8 p.m. How's the challenge been going for you? Have you seen any major shift starting from day one? I think I had a pretty easy weekend, so it wasn't a major shift for me yet. But I do think that Friday I did handle, because my medication wasn't ready and they weren't sure if it was going to be ready on time. And normally I would start to freak out, figure out how I could get medication, even though I have no control over any of this. But I was just like, you know what? No, we're just going to let them work things out. There's got to be a way for me to at least get a few pills if I need it. I'm not going to freak out. And I, I do think it put me just in a better mood that entire day. And that entire weekend to to just appreciate what I had. But I think I also told you that sometimes it's also caused me, which kind of links into a question I'll ask you later, but it's kind of made me question myself in terms of how where are my standards and am I still continuing to deny the best for myself for and making up excuses along the way. Okay, do you believe you ever put yourself in a victim or a child mindset because it's easier than dealing with the uncomfortable questions that we don't have answers to yet. No, I do not have the victim mentality, nor do I think childlike or like I'm anxiety, like when, 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 like, no, I'm not, I'm not at all. I search high and low until I can get myself at ease. So in our last episode, where I mentioned peace is always my number one priority goal. If I don't have peace, I can't sleep. If I don't have peace, I can't think. If I don't have peace, I can't get on to the next thing that I need to get on in life. So I have to have peace. So therefore I have to find, even if it's just praying and asking for peace, to stall for the time being until I get the answer, because sometimes answers are not going to come right away. It's going to take time. Then I'm doing what I need to do to go back to my number one goal. That, that's a great answer. And I'm definitely still working on it. I'm stopping myself from allowing when one thing goes bad in my day to just always see all the other negative things that are happening because I have a tendency to do that. And then it just puts me in a worse and worse mood. And then 
I'm the victim. Like I'm pretending like I'm the victim at that point where I did have the ability the entire time at some point to choose to stop thinking about that, focus on something positive going on in my life. So that positive energy can continue. All right. So my number four to you, do you find yourself to be toxic to your problems? Meaning, instead of trying to have perspective about your problems, seeing them from many angles, you get stuck at your one angle and beat it down until caused yourself to stress or have a migraine. I, I think I can be toxic to my problems when I want to take on the victim mentality and not take responsibility for any of my actions. Even when it's something that's out of my control, I apply for a job. I didn't even get an interview, but I got rejected. All that means is that I have to continue to apply for more jobs, continue to look for what I want. I can't just feel sorry for myself and just say I'm never going to find a job. Just got to keep going. What would you say is the number one thing that it takes for a person to see effective change in their life? If you can admit that you are toxic to yourself and how you process the negative things or the negative moments in your life, what does it take for you as a toxic person to stop being toxic? A lot of the times there is when I do have to go and write things down about all of everything I'm feeling so I can really get out where the anger or the resentment or the blame is coming from. So I've become a lot more aware of that because for a long time, being a people pleaser, I also thought it was my job to make everyone happy. But then I would get mad when they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do because I believed it would make them happy. I don't get to dictate everybody else's life. And that's something I know I actively need to work on. And sometimes just being like, nope, you don't need to talk. Keep that thought to yourself and keep on moving. Okay. Sounds good. What about you? Am I toxic to my problems? Yes, I am. I am toxic to my problems because I stress the hell out about them. And I have not for the longest known how to categorize, departmentalize my problems. A lot of times when people say the term that too shall come to pass, when it comes to pass, it got handled. Mm-hmm. And then when you look back at it, you're like, and the way I stressed out about it, it actually didn't just get handled. It got handled better than how I thought it needed to be handled. Okay. So why and what type of validation do you think you seek from others that may be holding you back? So for me right now in my life, for every problem, because that's a problem, there's a solution. And I figured out my solution. My solution is this. When I post, I do not go back looking. And the reason why I don't go back looking is because a couple of things. Because I'm just getting started, I know it's going to be low. But that also discourages me. And this could be my calling or my path to greatness. And so a lot of times we stop too soon before that major break. Just focus on cranking out great, valuable content. Do it as if you are in a stadium among a ton of people, but right now you're in a room. As far as seeking validation, of course, don't we all? Don't we all want to know, am I doing a good job? Am I on the right path? But is it, can it be toxic? Absolutely. Because a lot of times people are rooting for you. They're just not rooting loud. 
Yes, that is very true. Like, just don't look at it, everything like a situation that I need to praise on from everybody. Yeah. And it's helping me heal and helping me to become a better person. Yeah, because even when, I don't know if you remember when I was just like, oh, doing the podcast is just a little bit extra on my plate because <laughs> I have so much going on, build some content, but like not be so consistent in building our content just because I don't feel like I have the time. You said, no, I don't want to do that. This is something that I've been enjoying. It's been getting me out of my comfort zone and it's helping me with better like public speaking. And so it made me say, figure out the time. I'll make the time because if this is part of your healing journey and I can be a part of that, I can do this for you. Let's just do it and let's just get it going. I've continued to embark on this journey with you. I have found more and more joy and I have found that it's also something that I needed, that I didn't know that I needed. All right, so Jen, this question here is going to put you in a hot seat. So let's talk a little bit about you having a therapist. I don't have a therapist, just for the record. Why are you still not able to mentally and emotionally balance out your thoughts and feelings with the compiled information you are paying for from a professional? So here's my disclaimer. This question is to not knock the profession of a therapist. This question is actually in conjunction to with you, Jen, being a patient and your therapist is helping you sort things out. How come it still seems that you're going through different struggles in association to what you're getting help to sort out? I think it's a great question. And I think... It's because so many people have a misunderstood idea of what the healing journey looks like or even reaching your dream girl status. Every step of my healing process, I'm learning something more. And sometimes I have to, like when I was a people pleaser, I would always say yes. Then I would go to the opposite where I was like, no, 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 no. Then it's going back to trying to balance it out. So you're still negotiating and willing to work with other people and work on yourself. Different areas become a different challenge. And sometimes you do begin to second, at least me, I begin to second question, to second guess myself. Am I doing it for the right reasons? Am I crazy? Or because like, I don't want to fall into the victim category again. But at the same time, if what I'm saying is something actually wrong, how can I improve myself to not allow myself to continue to feel a certain way. Okay, so some of my question comes from my brother. He has two therapists right now. However, when he first started out with therapy, he went through quite a few different ones. And I would hear him say to me, they just didn't work for me. However, I am his unpaid therapist. <laughs> and I watch him at times be that toxic person to himself. So in defense of a therapist, the therapist told you X, Y, and Z, but then you decided you wanted to do something else. So how could it necessarily be your therapist's fault and why you let them go when you're your biggest problem? You're still the problem. You're the main character. And you're reaching out for other people to help you get better. So if that's the case, unpaid or paid, when do you 
say, okay, I need to take a look at myself. It's not my therapist that's the problem. It's not my friends whose advice or my sister whose advice or whoever that, you know, I'm receiving. It's me. And I think it ties very much back into that therapist. A good therapist asks you what they want, what you want to help them with. One of the things I've always said to my therapist is I don't want you to tell me, baby me and telling me I'm not doing anything wrong with the situation. I want you to call me out on my bullshit when I'm not, when I am being talked to, you're not behaving in a manner that's acceptable. I've had a few therapists in the past that I could do no wrong. It was okay because other people's behavior was dictating how I was able to behave or come out of the situation. But, and I mean, and I'm in delight, I've gotten super upset with my therapist sometimes at the end of a call because she says stuff that I may not like to hear, the, the brutal truth about me sometimes that I'm not willing to hear. But then I take that week and really process it and think about what she's saying and how it applies to my life. And nine out of time, 10, she's right. And I realize, okay. It's just me, once again, putting myself into the victim category, and I've got to continue working on this. But I don't think healing is linear, so you're going to go back and forth all the time because you're healing from your trauma, but you're starting to understand it from different areas at the same time. I just think that it's very important to understand that it's a partnership. Yes. So your therapist is there as your professional guidance, as you said. A good therapist is going to get to know you. How do you want me to come at this? Do you really want to grow? Because if you really want to grow, then I'm just going to shoot, shoot the truth to you every single time. You're going through different therapists, but you are the problem. You're the problem because they're giving you, because people tell me, this is the advice that my therapist said. Well, the advice makes sense into how you're going to be able to shift your mindset and grow or get past the trauma because the trauma is the trauma and you can't do anything about the past. You can't change it, but you can rewrite how things are going to go moving forward. Even with the therapist, you're still dealing with a human being and they're expecting you to also do your part so that in the next session, you guys can move forward. That's the point. When you're ready to accept what you were being told and listen in the correct yeah. manner to apply it for your life. Because like setting up boundaries was something really difficult for me, especially with family, putting boundaries in place. Because I was also scared of how people would react to me saying no to something. And eventually I would keep telling my therapist, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. And she's like, and the problem is you keep making excuses, allowing people to treat you this way, which is why I kept getting treated this way. So I had to take accountability and look at myself in the mirror and be like, listen, if I want to actually see change, I have to make changes happen or nothing ever is going to change in my life. Do you think that people go get therapy, but a lot of people are not ready for therapy? Do you think something that's hidden under the rug that therapists should ask in the beginning and in the initial consultation? So I want to know, first and foremost, are you sure that you want therapy? And I think that comes into it with your relationship with your therapist in terms of how honest they are willing to be with you and how real they are. Sometimes it's important to have a therapist that 
you give them permission to just be straight up with you because if not, then what's the point of just paying someone to complain to you? And that's not anything close to healing or becoming a better version of myself. Do you think that people makes the therapist, the professional, feel like they have to walk on eggshells in order to keep the patient? So what's happening is it's not wrong information that's being given. It's soft information. But that that's being falls given. on you for not willing to remove yourself outside of that victim mentality. It's that you're so constantly blaming everyone else for everything. But no matter what you say, you make decisions to get yourself in that position or take remove yourself from that position. So... It's being honest with yourself and you can't blame it on your therapist. It's on you at some point in time to be harsher with yourself. Show yourself some tough love sometimes. This is not acceptable. So that's why I just asked you the question before this one is, do you think that a lot of times people go seeking a therapist, but they're not ready? They're not really ready for that change that they need to or that work that they have to do within themselves. Yes, definitely. A lot of the times it's when they want to, because in the beginning of therapy, you are in the victim mentality for a large portion of it. And then once you start using new tools, learning new tools, then you can actually start seeing change in your behavior and your actions. So it's sticking with a therapist past the point of you just complaining about your problems. And now let's work on solutions and what we're going to do about it. So again, to the listeners, where I'm coming from, it's not to, especially if you're in therapy, it's not to like make anyone feel bad. I've always kind of wanted to know, like, is it really always the therapist? That's the issue when they hop from therapist to therapist and they just didn't gel with me or work for me. Or is it you? That's the issue. That's not willing to do the groundwork that it takes on your self-development, self-healing journey. So that's where this question comes from. No. And that's a great question because I definitely think they go hand in hand but therapy, if you really want therapy to work, you have to be willing to understand that your life is going to get very uncomfortable and you just have to get over it and deal with it because that's the only way change is going to happen. Do you guys hear that? She said, if you really want change, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And that is the truth. Yes. So here is my final question to you. What do you think... During this healing journey for you, the hardest part of having a bad day or moment is? I think the hardest part is understanding that being imperfect is okay. A lot of times when we are coming down hard on ourselves, it's because we're trying to perfect something that we just simply can't do. It's inevitably not going to happen. No one's perfect. So with this challenge, guys, I really, really strongly encourage everyone to... Try this challenge from the time you wake up to 8 p.m. every day. You cannot mess up. If you mess up by hovering over something negative, you have to reach out to your accountability partner, let them know. And even if they're on the right path and they've been doing good all day, both you and your partner have to start all over. I say that and I keep reiterating this challenge because it has really, really changed my life and how I stopped trying to control and perfect everything. When things come now that are just messed up and I just feel like, oh my God, not another thing. I cannot deal with it. 
I quickly think of something positive that could be going right. Or what I do is I step away. Mm -hmm. I just step away. And I, it's not that I'm avoiding anything because I, I'm not a person to avoid anything. It's just not right now. Exactly. I mean, even with my husband, when he stressed out about something, I asked him, can there be anything done about the situation right now that you can control? And most of the time, the answer is no. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds all hippie-like, but let it go. Because you stressing over what happens in the future is not going to change the future in your direction in any way. So sometimes we just have to learn to let go of that control, that desperate need to control everything. The best thing that I can give as far as advice is just pick your battles, pick your poison wisely, because what isn't going to matter in the future, it should not stump you today because today was a day in the future that you could have been having a good day. So then when it becomes the past, you cannot get that back. And you just have to keep that in mind. Did I have more bad days, more troubling days than I had good days? And you always want your good to outweigh the bad. Yeah. And also you can control other people. I think that's another big thing that I finally come to conclude. You just got to let people think what they want to think. They're not going to change their mindset because you're telling them off. They have to change something about themselves in order to change that mindset. I agree. You have to take back control over your thoughts, over your energy, over your mindset. And you have to remember at the end of the day, life is what we make it. And you just better make it a good one. <laughs> yes, choose every day to make it a good one. Yes, please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. If anything you want to say, and I always recommend it to your friends. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.